you guys for being here. Thank you, those that are joining us online. And I have a bunch of my little peeps. We met with our Israel friends that we went to Israel with last night, and they're all watching. So, hello. My warrior princesses are watching. Some of my warrior princesses are here from our ministry. Uh, I'm so excited. Uh, my name is Dee Dee Woodman. I am on the teaching team here. Thank you, Don and Andrew, for inviting me back up yet again. Um, I preached last month, and it was a tearjerker. So I see people in the hall, they're like, hi, Dee Dee. I'm like, that was last, that was last month, you guys. Get, move along, move along. Okay, um, that's okay. Um, so I, um, at three in the morning, had a nightmarish, dreamish, nightmarish thing where PLC had merged with another church, and this other church was like crazy, and they were doing, we're not going to actually do a worship, we're going to do this party show thing. And I was walking around in the dream, am I preaching today? Am I preaching today? Do you know if I'm preaching today? And then the person who had the answer was across this mud field that I had to walk through. And thank goodness I woke up. I'm like, I am preaching today. And PLC is PLC. Woo! So um, the scripture that the Lord gave me is one that I've used several times. I think um, all of us have used it. It's such a beautiful scripture. Uh, it's considerate joy. And it is James 1, 2 through 4. And boy, do we need this right now, right? Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing, there's a purpose to this, the testing of your faith produces perseverance, right? Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be what? Mature and complete not lacking anything. So I um, was asked many years ago to speak at a women's retreat, and it was a church that is, I won't say the denomination, but not known for being spirit-filled. And I don't think they knew what they were asking of me to come, because it was, whew. so, and it was right after Columbine, and it was right after some hard things had happened in my marriage. I found out that my first husband was having a long-term affair, and I was preparing the talk, and the Lord said, I want you to share What's going on with you? And I was like, mm, no thanks. This, I'm like, I tell the Lord, do you know this church? Like, this is the wrong church for me to share that. And he was like, I want you to be vulnerable. I want you to share that. So I go and I do my talk and it was very raw and it was very hard. And I look over at the women's ministry director and she is panicked because everyone, all the women are like ah, ah, crying and, and she just didn't know what to do with that. I mean, what happened was the Holy Spirit descended. And the feedback I got later, which was amazing, was the women are like, we've never seen anything like that. What was that? That what happened? Like, it was such a powerful outpouring. I know. And she calls me after I speak, and she's like, and we're in a retreat center, and so we had our rooms there, and she's like, she's like, come in my room. So I went into her room, and she's sitting on the bed, and I'm sitting on the bed. She's like, look, I know you're speaking again. Can you, like tone it down? Can you lighten it up? Can you not be so intense? Because they were upset. I'm like, you know what? I don't think I can. That, my friends, that, my friends, is why I love PLC. Can you imagine Dawn coming up to me last month after my first sermon taught, you know, the first, the first service? you lighten it up. 
Everyone was upset. No, you know what's happening in the world is upsetting. This is a hard world we are living in right now. And did Cam do an awesome mini sermon? I love that guy. I love that guy. So let's go back to our sermon. Our sermon, <laughs> how about our scripture? Let's go back to our scripture. Uh, consider it pure joy. We, we, we're going to talk today about the trials. We're going to talk about the testing. We're going to talk about perseverance. There's another great scripture in Romans. I believe it's Romans 5, 3 through 5. And this is Paul. And did Paul know something about suffering? Yes, he did. He lived it out. Not only so, but we also, what? Glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces, there's that word again, perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, hope. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Wow. That's what we're talking about. Let's look. So perseverance is the word the Lord kept bringing back to my mind. Let's look perseverance qualities. And I, I look through these. These are all qualities I need and pray for every single day. Delayed gratification. Are we in an instant culture? I, I'm not kidding. If it takes longer than about five seconds for something to load on my phone, I'm like, forget it. My gosh, it's ridiculous. Five seconds. Self-regulation. Wow. I'm going to talk a little bit about this later on in my own life, what God has been showing me. And then the ability to practice self-control. Wow. Okay. And then what about perseverance virtues? I love the Lord just throw the, threw these out. Patience. Who has patience? I don't, again, five seconds, that's when I give it. Determination. I love this word so much, grit. We need to be a people of grit, that we can hang in there when it gets hard. Willpower, diligence, resilience. We need all of these things. These are qualities we pray over our grandkids, that they would be able to, as, as um, Cam so beautifully put, they're going to be the torchbearers. How are we going to teach them if we don't have these qualities? And this is something God wants us to have. So this, I love the scripture. James finishes this out. James 1, 12. Here we go again. Blessed. What does the enemy tell you? You have done something wrong. Boy, you just, you know, this bad thing's happening, that bad thing's happening. You know what I think when bad things happen? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm making a difference, that I'm on the enemy's radar. I don't invite him, but I'm not afraid of him. I'm not afraid of him. Blessed is the one who, what, perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. There's a purpose and a plan for this. All right, this all sounds great. How do we do it? How do we do it? So there's a wonderful book, and, and if you guys know um, Angela Yonkers, who she, if we were at prayer night, she prayed for our church. She's a beautiful little blonde with such cute little outfits. Oh my gosh, she's adorable. Um, she's a lovely woman of God. She sent me a podcast. She said, Dee, the Lord told me to send this to you. This was about a book that Alan Arnold had written, and Alan works for John Eldridge, Wild at Heart Ministries, 
He does a lot of the podcasts, speaking. I mean, he was pretty, pretty high up guy there. He's talking in this um, podcast about why he wrote this book, The Eden Option. He uh, was speaking, he's a speaker, like I said, and he spoke at a conference. He spoke eight times in one day and just blew his voice. So he didn't have a voice. It wasn't coming back. He finally goes to see the doctor. The doctor does an endoscopy. He's like, man, you got nodules all over your vocal cords. Um, you need to have surgery. And so he's like, okay, what, when can we schedule it? Well, it's three months out, which, yeah, hello, medical system. That's how it's working. So he's got surgery in three months. He's got all this time to think. He's praying about it. You know, what do I do, Lord? And he's out mowing his lawn one day. And it's just a few days before his surgery. He's mowing his lawn, praying. And he said, I feel like the Lord just stopped me and said, I need to, I need to talk to you. So he turns off the mower, sits down in the grass, has a conversation with the Lord. The Lord said, Alan, do you want story one or story two? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know. What are you talking about? And the Lord said, with your, with your voice, story one is you trust me with it. Story one is I'm the center of the story. Story two is you're the center of the story. Well, I don't want to be the center of the story. I mean, I kind of do. But okay, Lord, well, then show me. So he starts praying, and he feels like the Lord is saying to cancel the surgery, which he'd been waiting three months for. So he goes in to tell his wife, and she's like, what? But here's the beautiful thing. I know they were a couple that prays together. So this wasn't like a desperate prayer. This is a couple that knew each other well and had prayed over this. And she said, you know what? You need to do what the Lord is telling you. So he makes a phone call to his doctor's office, to the scheduler, and he says, hey, I know I've got my surgery in three days, um, but I'm going to cancel it. She's like, can I ask why? And he said, I just stumbled through some weird thing, like the Lord you know, told me the story one, and I'm supposed to not get the surgery, and the Lord's going to help me. She's like, um, okay, when you want to speak again, give us a call. It'll be three more months out. So he's like, okay, Lord. And he put his faith in the Lord. He goes to bed that night, praying, 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 wakes up the next day, still no voice. Second night, goes to bed, praying, 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 wakes up the next day, no voice. Third night, goes to bed. In the morning, his wife wakes up and is asking him a question. He rolls over and answers her full voice. That, my friends, is story one. That, and the reason that Angela sent this to me, and, um, well, let me, let me say there's a couple slides here. Story one. Story one is the original true story. He wrote this book, and the Lord showed him the Garden of Eden. And they were living in story one, Adam and Eve. And what did they do? They walked over into story two, where they can do it themselves. We have been in a battle as God's people since then, what do we choose? Do we choose story one or do we choose story two? Story two is the default narrative we're born into. It tries to make life work without God's active, intimate presence. Mm -hmm. So let me go back to story one because I didn't finish reading that. Story one is the original true story we were made for, a way of life with God at the epicenter. And those of you out there, which story is probably harder? Story one. 
But you know what? I would much rather be in the middle of an adventure with the Lord and seeing and not having it all figured out, although I would love to have it all figured out, but oh my gosh, for it to unfold in story one. So there's a reason that she sent this to me. And I spoke um, last May, May of 2022, and I shared about my journey uh, with breast cancer. So the talk was, fear is a bully, and you can Google Dee Dee Woodman sermons. Weirdly, I did that, and there's all my sermons. <laughs> I was like, I love Google. There's my sermons if you want to watch it. So I'm not going to go into all the details, but essentially, in that journey, the Lord said, and I'm not saying story one is always not doing treatment traditionally. I know people that story one for them is to go through chemo and to go through radiation and go through the hard things. For me, the Lord showed me because he wanted to break out a spirit of fear. He had me do a healing naturally where he was the only one who could heal me. Yes. So it was stage three breast cancer. And I went in to, I won't name the point, Kaiser. I went into Kaiser. Doesn't matter where you go. Doesn't matter where you go. It's all the same. There, their thought was, because it was stage three, it was a pretty big tumor. Um, it was mild. It was contained, but it was a pretty big tumor. Um, their options were mastectomy. And mastectomy, radiation, possibly chemo. And I just prayed and prayed and had my God squad pray. And I just felt like the Lord kept saying, nope, nope, that's not your journey. Your journey is to do this naturally, and your journey is to tell people what you're doing. And I am telling you, there's a risk in doing story one because what if it didn't turn out the way I thought it would turn out? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The journey is what matters. That's what matters. So this journey, though, I'm so happy to say, um, I was diagnosed October 3rd. 19, uh, 19, what, 100 years ago, <laughs> no, 20, 2018, October 3rd, and on, I'll never forget this, June 21st, 2019, had an MRI that was not a dot of cancer. That was incredible. So fast forward, and here's why Angela sent me this podcast, because she's a lovely, lovely, godly woman. In May of this year, I had like a little spot that I could feel. It was kind of this little hard spot. And I'm like, that is so different from what happened before. I just had in my mind, there is no way in the world I will ever have to deal with cancer again. So this little hard spot, I have a new doctor who does natural medicine plus some traditional medicine. So it's a really nice mix. He said, you know, I'd feel better if you just go in and have that checked. So I got back on with Geyser. And um, I hadn't been using them for, gosh, four years. I kind of dropped them and was doing my own thing. So I got back on with them to do some testing. And she's doing the mammogram and she's doing the ultrasound. And she's hitting that spot, that little hard spot. And I'm like, is, is there anything? She's like, oh, that's nothing. There's nothing there. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. But I do see a couple of spots. So she's doing her little ultrasound. She's like, I don't feel good about the, these spots. I'm going to go ahead and biopsy them. If anyone has had a breast biopsy, ow, 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 ow. They shoot a little gun in you. I am not kidding. And I'm known to exaggerate. I am not kidding. It was a little gun. And then they pull pieces of tissue out. And she shot me three or four times. My breast was black and blue forever. 
anyway, she does the biopsy. She, so this is the 17th of May. Two days later, Tom and I are up in our mountain house having such, like, do you ever have like the best day and the worst day? Like we're having the best day and the phone rings and it says healthcare and it's like an unknown number. And I'm like, ooh, that might be them. I pick up the phone. She's like, hi, this is so-and-so from Kaiser. Um, just want to let you know we got your biopsy results back and you are testing positive for the same type of cancer you had before. And um, so we're going to set a bunch of appointments and we're going to bring you in again and we're going to do all the things. So what was amazing, we both at the same time felt a rush of the Holy Spirit. Like, wow. But we also knew we don't have this all figured out. Just because we did natural treatment the first time does not mean that's the way we're going to go this time. So we started praying, Lord, show us, lead us. We had appointments. We did this. We did that. We ended up meeting with the same breast surgeon that I didn't use the first go round. And he, let me say this, he was unkind. He was like, why didn't you ever come back? Well, I said, my, my um, MRI was clear. Well, that was, that was unusual. That was unusual. But you should have come back. I'm like, there was no reason for me to come back. So he was unpleasant. They sent me packing with a mastectomy bag. Like, this is what I'm going to decide, where they have this little apron where you put your little tubes. And, you know, it was just like, all right, all right. And then we met with a natural doctor, and then we met with a couple of us, and we decided, you know what? We are going to do this natural again. So you guys, I'm right in the middle of it. And I've shared with a few people in the leadership team and some close friends, but I'm sharing it with all of you, not to, for anybody to be afraid or anybody to be worried about me. I'm sharing it because I know you guys will pray. And this battle will be won on our knees. Woo! So, thank you. There was two things the Lord showed me. Because I'm like, why is this back? And so I met with a natural medicine doc, and he does this whole body scan thing, and uh, neurofeedback, and biofeedback, and he said, what is the deal with your nervous system? I'm like, what? He's like, your nervous system is like way activated. Did you have trauma as a kid? I was like... Oh, yes, <laughs> a lot. And I've done a lot of therapy. He's like, it's still like you're in fight or flight. And he said, your serotonin is really low. He's like, did you not feel good? I'm like, I'm not allowed to not feel good. He's like, and then I was like, oh, my gosh, that sounds awful. And that was the truth. And so God showed me, you've got to take care of you and learn how to rest, learn how to be still with me, the other thing God showed me is I went home and I was like, oh, Lord, show me. We need to do this. Show me, Lord, what's going on. And he said, Didi, there is, a, there is something you do that you kind of think is funny, and it's not. So people will come up to me sometimes. I'm 63. Oh, by the way, I'm growing out my gray hair just for all the girls out there to watch. I know. It's a crown of glory. It's a crown. I was like, why am I hiding my crown of glory? Oh, my gosh. Anyway, I'm just ready. I'm just tired of dying it. Anyway. So the Lord said, there's something you've been saying. And so somebody will come up and say, oh, you look really young. Oh, you look really good. And I'll say, you know, good skin, poor mental health in my family. That's kind of funny, right? The Lord's like, that's not funny. You are cursing yourself every time you say that. I would get so mad, wouldn't I, at a friend or a client if they were doing that. So that's what the Lord showed me. So we are in process. I'm doing some kind of... Um, aggressive treatments twice a week I'm doing immunotherapy which Kaiser does not at all cover 
all they have, when we met with a breast surgeon, where Tom was like, do you have anything new five years later that you do? He's like, nope. Mastectomy, radiation, chemotherapy. And I met with, we have a new um, oncologist who was young and woman, which means she's delightful. She's so good, very humble. She said, I actually read through all of your notes. Wow, what you did was amazing. I'm gonna let you choose what you wanna do. We, I have to give you the spiel about what Kaiser recommends, but you know what you're doing. And you let me know how I can help you. And she actually, what they do at Kaiser or anywhere is try to scare you. So she actually was honest and said, this tumor is mild as it can be. It is small, it is contained. It's so mild I wouldn't even do chemo on it but I still have to recommend a mastectomy. I'm like, okay, no thanks. So be praying, thank you, thank you for everybody that's gonna be praying for us. Um, and so here's the deal. How are we able to, God gave me some ways that we are able to live in story one. It takes courage, right? It's, it's against what the world tells us. Story one is crazy. Who would choose that? We were with some friends last night, and one of them was like, well, you got cancer, and you cut it out. I was like, well, that's an option <laughs> for sure. But I think we're going to choose the other way because God already has proven himself that he can do that. So the first thing we need to do to walk in story one is get out of the world. Get out of the world. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Wow. We are told to not be in this world. And boy, Andrew's series on living on fire for God has been unbelievably incredible. And when he talked, you know what I, I love? I love that this is a story one church. I love that. This church is where you go forward for prayer and you get what? Healed. Healed. There are miracles. There are signs and wonders. And it's because we have leadership who, who listen to the Lord. Story one to come to Colorado from Florida, never been here, and said yes. That's the church I want to be a part of. That's a church I am a part of. But get out of the world. Watch what you're watching. Pay attention to what you're listening to. I have chosen not to watch TV, not because I'm some wonderful saintly person who doesn't watch TV, because I'm ridiculously addicted to TV. So when, do you guys remember 24, the series with Keeper Sutherland? It was many years ago. Uh, our daughter gave us the whole um, VCR set. Is that right? DVD. Sorry, me, 63, um, yeah, um, yeah, I know. She gave us, and we watched it, 24 episodes in one weekend. That is why I'm saying the Lord calls me not to watch TV. I play worship music all the time. My brain is soaked in Jesus. That's what God is telling us, get out of the world. The second thing is get into the word. Yes, the scriptures he gave me, Psalm 1, 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. 
Be in God's word. Uh, Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Here's what happens when you decide to go into story one and you get in God's word. He starts giving you a word for your story. And he did that with me. This is probably three days in. He gave me two scriptures randomly. I was just reading. And he gave me Psalm 107, 19 through 20. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. I read that and I was like, oh my gosh, that is a word for me. The second one he gave me, Psalm 18, 16 through 17 and verse 19. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. Do you feel like you're in deep waters sometimes? He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. He brought me out into, I love this, a spacious place. He rescued me. Why? Because he delighted in me. Story one, we find an intimacy with God that you won't find anywhere else. Some of the most incredible people I know, and a lot of them are sitting in here, have faced tragic, catastrophic losses. Death of a child, suicide of a child. There's not, I can't think of anything harder than that. Divorce, cancer, death of a spouse. This is a hard world. I want to do it God's way. We can't do it. I can't do it without him. The other thing he showed me was we need to pray without ceasing. This is a praying church. I, I'm going to brag on Dawn because she does not brag on herself. I get randomly, the other day I was really, I was struggling writing this. Um, shock. <laughs> the enemy's like, she does not want me to tell this story. And I was just, I was just, Ugh. and I get this beautiful text from her, scripture, and just her love for me and her prayer over me and a little, a little meme of a scripture. And oh my gosh, that's what we need to be for each other. And we need to pray without ceasing for each other. And I love this scripture, Philippians, you guys probably know this, 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious. Does, does a cancer diagnosis make you anxious? Yeah, good, good. But do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends the peace of God. That's what I'm walking in. That's cray-cray. Does that make any sense? I'm walking in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. It will guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That's for you, too. Here's the last one here. Oh, there's two more. Do life with other strong believers. Get in a group. Us last night meeting with our Israeli friends. Well, they're not Israeli, but they were from Israel. We went to the trip together. There was 10 of us. Oh, we're laughing. We're crying. One of them made the mistake of asking what I was preaching on. And I may or may not have given a small sermon. He's like, what are you preaching on? I'm like, well, it's this, and then it's this, and then it's this. And the next thing is like 20 minutes. That was like a mini sermon. That's okay. My friends should know better. Um, okay. Do life with other strong believers. What are we supposed to do? 
carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Love your neighbor as yourself. Wow, that's what we're called to do. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. He's saying, you guys are doing this, keep on doing this. So probably four or five days after the diagnosis, like I said, I, I called a few people to just be praying. And I woke up one morning and there were two texts waiting for me, two very dear friends, did not know the other one was texting me. And this scripture, God gave them for me, both of them. It is Isaiah 43, 19. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in dry wasteland. Oh my gosh. I lost my mind. I had to text both of them. Oh my gosh. She, Jean texted me this. Oh my gosh. Kelly texted me this. That's, that's what story one is like. It's this unbelievable moment by moment unfolding. And the last thing the Lord showed me was be vulnerable. Share your struggles. And man, let me tell you, and, and anyone who gets up here, that's a strong responsibility. But what the Lord has told me from day one Didi, I want you to pull from deep. I don't want you getting up there, being polished and being, you know, na, 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 na. I want you to be real and vulnerable. And from that first little, little women's retreat that I spoke at, and I kind of regretted it when I first sat down with her, and then I thought, oh, no, 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 no. I was told to do this. Story one requires obedience. Full-on obedience, and it also requires surrender. So I love Paul, and Paul, again, knows about suffering. And God gave me this scripture, 2 Corinthians 19, I'm sorry, 12, 9 through 10. Paul is saying this, but the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest in me. Story one has power. I have a sword in story one. I got nothing in story two. I got nothing to fight with in story two. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. There's a quote here. Um, I'm reading a book called A Grace Disguised. Uh, Jerry Sitzer, it's a beautiful book about, uh, he went through a catastrophic loss. He was uh, driving, they were on the reservation, Indian reservation. He was driving with his uh, wife, his mother, and his four children. And it was late at night, and a car uh, with a drunk driver went across the median and hit them head on, and he lost his mother, his wife, and his oldest daughter. That is catastrophic. And this book, he doesn't make it easy or simple. He, it's brutal. But here's a quote. He had this quote in the book. Um, it's actually from someone else that uh, had been through another catastrophic loss. And I love this. He says, and sometimes 
When the cry is intense, there emerges a radiance, which elsewhere seldom appears, a glow of courage, of love, of insight, of selflessness, of faith. In that radiance, we see best what humanity was meant to be. There's a little bit more to it. In the valley of suffering, despair and bitterness are brewed, but there also character is made. The valley of suffering is the valley of soul making. That's the truth. So what are you going to choose? Story one or story two? I'm challenging you guys today, and I'm going to go back to reading the Bible. And actually, I want to bring up Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. That man epitomized story one. And I love what Andrew said. He talked about all the suffering, all the, all the persecution, and all the hard things. And he kept choosing the Lord. And I love what Andrew said. There was no plan B. There was no plan B for Jeremiah. And guess what? When you choose story one, you can walk back into story two. Why in the world would you do that? No, stay in story one. There's so many examples. I want you to just, two of them that came to mind. Uh, one is Daniel and Daniel chapter three. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were told to bow to King Nebuchadnezzar or they would be killed. And what did they choose? Story one. And then Nebuchadnezzar said, fine, I will burn you up in a fiery furnace. And they're like, go ahead. Because our God will either save us or we'll be with him. And they, the, he turned it up seven times, as hot as it could be. And the guards throwing them in died because of the fire. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walked around in that fiery furnace and King Nebuchadnezzar looked and said, there's another in the fire. Like the Son of Man. That was Jesus Christ in the fire. That, my friends, is story one. There's another story in Matthew 14. And I love Peter. Who loves Peter? Oh my gosh, who is Peter? Mm -hmm, right? Done so many stupid things. But the Lord kept restoring him. In Matthew 14, Jesus sends them off on the boat and goes to pray. The boat is getting crazy. He walks out. Jesus walks out on the water, walks out on the water to them. And Peter sees him. He's like, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come and I will come. I will walk on this water. And Jesus says one word, come. And Peter starts walking in story one. He's walking on water. But what happens? Looks away, looks down, walks into story two, starts to sink. You guys, you have a choice today. Jesus is standing here with his hand out. He doesn't promise you it's going to be easy. He doesn't tell you, you know what, you're just going to, you're going to be rich and famous and you're going to have all these things. He says, you're going to suffer. You're going to, this is going to be hard. I will be with you. I was praying yesterday morning and he said, Didi, I literally walk on stage with you. I was like, oh, thank you. I need that. He's asking you today, will you choose story one? I'm going to finish with a quote. Um, if you know Susie Larson, she's been through 
a lot and this is from uh, well just as a quote that she had and I love this quote so much she says I look across the landscape and remember the times I tried to occupy this land land that God had promised me the enemy seemed to own it and every time I tried to lay hold of my promised place he'd get loud and throw dirt in my eyes sometimes I'd gain inches but never the land but then the battle came Satan seemed to have a renewed resolve to take me out I felt sure this firestorm would be the end of me, but I knew I was on the winning side. I learned the enemy does not have endless strength. I learned that worship on the battlefield is really the most powerful form of spiritual warfare. I realized that my heart for my Jesus and his heart for me would be the devil's undoing. My enemy is jealous of me. I threatened him. Why? I have the spirit of the living God mightily at work within me. I stand on the edges of this land and marvel. I am not who I was before this battle. I don't have the fear I once had when the flames rise. I know on a much deeper level what is true about God and what is true about me. And that, my friends, is story one. Would you pray with me? Father God, I'm so, so grateful for your word, for your truth, for your power, Lord. I surrendered this to you, and Lord, you always show up. Lord, would you convict hearts and bless hearts today? And we, what you told me this morning at about 4.30 in the morning, was that um, we can't choose story one if we have not chosen Jesus. So Lord, I pray right now that you would open up your floodgates of heaven. If there is anyone in here who has not chosen Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior or her personal Lord and Savior, would you do that right now? And I'm going to just say with every eye closed, if there is anyone, and I love this, I raised my little hand many years ago, 40 years ago, I raised my little hand. Lord, every eye closed, would you prompt them to raise their little hand if they want to choose you and then they can choose story one and it is the adventure of a lifetime lord we praise your holy name that the enemy is firmly defeated by story one story one crushes the enemy and his intentions we tell you satan you have to flee in the name of jesus christ of nazareth lord we welcome what you have for us in story one Let us share our stories with each other, Lord. Let us do battle side by side, shoulder to shoulder. We love you, Lord Jesus, so much. We praise you and worship you right now. And we ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen.